0: Above all other puerile and pedantic forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. Property taxes have been top of mind for just about everybody for the past few weeks. Who'd have thought, after writing a gigantic check to the government, one that they didn't have to write last year, they'd still be a little bit irritated with their elected officials. Monday and Tuesday, the Joint Revenue Committee met at Sheridan College in Sheridan. To put it simply, Chairman Steve Harshman was, well, Steve Harshman there's some fairly interesting audio from Monday afternoon. Normally, I would suggest that you listen to the entire committee meeting, but the first half of the day was everything everybody pretty much knows, except of course the ins and outs and all the mathematics and all of that related to our property taxes. The first half of the day had nothing to do about solving Wyoming problems for Wyoming taxpayers, even though that's exactly what all of these redcoats, Albert Somers included, say that we should be doing. Wyoming solutions for Wyoming problems. It's interesting that they didn't begin the day talking about that. Instead, it was an attempt to chase away the hundred or so people that were in attendance. As you might imagine, the place was packed, Everyone knew that this committee meeting was going to be attended by a lot of people. So what did Sheridan College do? They chose a pretty small room for the event, arranged the chairs in such a way as to only seat as few of people as possible. Not a hundred yards in either direction are two gigantic venues at the college. There's the Whitney Center for the Arts, which probably seats several hundred And then, if they really wanted to be respectful of the people that pay all of the bills at Sheridan College, there's the Golden Dome. Though, admittedly, that would have been kind of overdoing it for this event. What I'm getting at is from the very beginning, the event was set up to chase away as many people as possible. And then there's how they conducted the meeting. Instead of being respectful of all of the people that most likely took off work to be there, they spent the first half of Monday going through the minutiae of Wyoming property taxes. Even though the first four hours of Monday's committee meeting was enough to make your eyeballs roll back in your head, there were still a lot of people that stood past the lunch hour. Now, to their credit, Monday afternoon, they did take about two hours of public comment, but not only after they successfully chased away half of their crowd. Public servants indeed. All told, there was some interesting things that came out of Monday afternoon, and I'll bring you some of those sound bites on Weekend Update. But for today's program, we're going to stay local. On Tuesday evening, Johnson County Redcoats Barry Crago and Bill Novotny held a property tax forum. Without a doubt, I'm sure they expected some irritated Johnson County citizens but I doubt anyone could have foreseen what was going to happen to them when they opened up the question-and-answer period. And to be completely honest, I spent nearly two hours sitting in the front row just trying to keep a straight face. Though not by name. Cowboy state politics came up more than a couple of times throughout the evening. If you'll recall from last Saturday's broadcast, I told you how Johnson County is pretty much screwing law enforcement when it comes to their pensions. Johnson County pays the likes of Barry Crago and Tucker Ruby and their secretaries more on their pensions than we do the people that put on a bulletproof vest and strap on a gun to go to work every day. The secretaries and Barry Crago are paid an additional 7.57% towards their pension, while law enforcement is paid only 2.65% extra. The implication being, of course, that in the county's eyes, the people that sit behind a desk all day and push sheets of paper around are more valuable employees than are the people that arrest drug dealers, what seems like on a weekly basis, and people who drive the wrong way on the interstate while they're blackout drunk like Bill Novotny. You would think that people who are as politically adept as Bill Novotny would see the problem with this sort of policy. To set up what was arguably my favorite part of Barry and Bill's tax forum last night, here's what I said last Saturday on Weekend Update. None of the county employees that I just mentioned are law enforcement. They participate in an entirely different pension plan. From page 60 of the 2022 Johnson County Audit, and I quote and listen very carefully to this, LEPP, and that is Law Enforcement Pension Plan members, are statutorily required to contribute 8.6% of their annual covered salary, and the employer is statutorily required to contribute 8.6% of the annual covered payroll for a total of 17.2%. Legislation enacted in 1979 allows the employer to subsidize all or part of the employee contribution, the county has, and this is the important part, my friends, the county has elected to contribute an additional 2.65% on behalf of eligible employees. You heard that correctly, my friends. All other county employees are given an additional 7.57% towards their pension plan. Law enforcement, on the other hand, we're only contributing an additional 2.65%. So let me put this another way. Johnson County taxpayers are giving secretaries, and don't get me wrong, I have nothing against secretaries. In fact, I wish I had one. It would make my life a heck of a lot easier. But we're paying them more money than we are the guy that puts on a bulletproof vest and carries a gun to work every single day. So let me put this another way. The guy that protects you each and every day with a gun and a bulletproof vest, the guy that arrests criminals... Gets less money towards his retirement than a secretary that sits behind a desk all day long. How in any way could you justify that? Now, the argument against this is going to be, well, they're two entirely different retirement plans, and they're they're managed differently, and there's different benefits. The audit says differently. It says the county elected to contribute. So that was last Saturday. Now here is what Johnson County Commission Chairman Bill Novotny said about it last night.
1: Uh, In regards to law enforcement, I do wanna just set this uh, uh, record straight on pensions. Uh, County employees and law enforcement employees all participate in the state retirement system. Uh, Law enforcement is on one pension system that is separate and different from all other county employees. So we are not underfunding one or or playing uh, winners and losers there. If you look at the operating budget of the county, uh, law enforcement uh, is close to 20%. And I, anytime that the sheriff has asked for something, we've done our best to make sure that he has it.
0: But you are underfunding them, Bill. Oh, I have to tell you, my friends, it is a heck of a lot of fun being me. Well, you know, don't pay any attention to the numbers. You know, they're different plans. They're managed differently. (laughs) Did you catch where he almost said we're not underfunding them? And then he caught himself. Here, let me play that for you again. So
1: we are not underfunding
0: one or or playing uh, winners and losers there. (laughs) Yeah, well, they are. That's definitely what page 59 and 60 of the 2022 Johnson County audit, the one that Bill Novotny signed and certified says. And as it relates to the pensions for law enforcement, here's what one more Johnson County citizen had to say about it.
2: And I am gonna speak to our officers. Anytime you have an inequality to the officers, it's wrong. They put their life on line every single day. changed and balanced and looked at in charts and all that to make, make it look the way a person has to present that. I understand that. But the fact is, if they're not getting equitable amounts, it's wrong. And I don't, that's all I can say to it.
0: Good old Commissioner Bill didn't have a response to that citizen. It's because he knows that they are absolutely not contributing the same amount to law enforcement officers as they are to Barry Crago, Tucker Ruby, their secretaries, and probably Bill Novotny himself. And she's right. It absolutely is wrong. And when you factor in how much money people are getting taxed in Johnson County, it just makes it that much worse. The rest of the evening really didn't go that much better for Bill and Barry. I mean, after all, it started like this
3: maximum we would prefer 15. this isn't how about hall. this
0: it's, it's our, town hall. No it's our, our it. town hall no no it's not it was instigated by our request mm-hmm. marion we asked ashley to come and you can wait not. it's it's our
4: town hall i'm hosting it and william's the hosting questions it will be ours that's fine you can ask whatever question you want i want
3: to make sure we have when ashley's time done to ask the question
4: yep Please take your seat. Ashley's going to go ahead and present. And if you don't, all right, folks. If you don't, we'll have you escorted out. Thank you. Oh, so thank you very much.
0: Pretty hard to recover when your town hall begins like that. All told, members of the crowd were probably split 60-40. 60% being those people who didn't want their taxes raised and the other 40 that curiously applauded when asked if they thought their taxes were about right. But really, our two anti-heroes didn't fare much better throughout the evening. Though Barry Crago tried his best to blame the failure of the legislature to do anything on property taxes on the Freedom Caucus, one Johnson County citizen, Jan Loftus, reminded the crowd of Barry Crago's abysmal voting record.
2: Representative Crago, during the campaign last year, you made a promise on your mailer that you are committed to finding relief for homeowners through a fix, a fix to the current broken property tax system. You did vote for these two bills that I call unequal treatment of the citizens. But again, unless you reduce spending, we're not gonna see real results in this state. Your mailer said that you are a rock-solid conservative controlling spending, yet evidence-based Wyoming, you might wanna write that down and look at evidence-based Wyoming, looked at significant amendments to this year's supplementary budget and found that you voted for 16 out of 16 amendments that increased spending. None of the five House Democrats voted that badly. You voted against capping property tax annual increases in House Joint Resolution 2 and you explained this by saying you didn't want to mess with the Constitution yet you co-sponsored that very bill which would change the Constitution Since you tried to convince us that you would be a champion of fixing the current broken property tax system during this years legislature I have a four-part question but all very similar for you what specific bill did you sponsor or co-sponsor that would fix the current broken property tax system had it passed is the current broken property tax system now fixed if not why If it is fixed, does that mean there is nothing for legislatures to do in 2024? But if there's still work to be done, what specifically will you do to fix it? And I, I did want to mention to all of you here that for three years, there's been cap bills, caps on increases brought, and all three times killed by legislature. I don't enjoy this, but I have to say that if we want real relief, my only solution after being involved with legislature in one way or another for over a decade is that I was a volunteer lobbyist for parental rights for nine years, so that was part of it. Um, The only solution that I see is that we have to vote in more legislators who are low spenders, who want smaller government, which gives us more liberty.
0: To this, Representative Crago went on for a solid five minutes, blaming the Freedom Caucus for every single failure of the legislature. Most of what Representative Barry Crago said last night was political bullcrap, And that was deftly pointed out by another Johnson County citizen, Jeff Carmichael, towards the very end of their town hall. Barry had gone on for several minutes about this bill and that bill and blaming their failure squarely on the shoulders of the Freedom Caucus. He didn't explain that on some important bills that he himself, Representative Barry Crago, was principally responsible for killing the bill. How he did that is he would attach an amendment of a huge appropriation to the bills that he didn't like, and that would force the Freedom Caucus, the more conservative members of the legislature, to vote against it. He'd give it what's called a poison pill, which earned him the nickname Poisonberry. Just one example he added a $900 million appropriation to a bill that would have prevented mask and vaccine mandates. He claimed that if the bill were to have passed, then the federal government would remove all CMS funding from the state of Wyoming, a claim that has been absolutely proven false. 17 different states have passed similar legislation and the federal government hasn't done anything. He added that amendment to the bill to kill it. Poisonberry added a poison pill to the bill. Anyhow, Here's how Johnson County citizen Jeff Carmichael explained Barry's modus operandi to the people in the crowd.
5: But as far as these tax bills that got voted down by the Freedom Caucus, I'm not sure it was the tax bill that got voted down or the amendments that got attached to it. And... Mr. Craig, well, I think you should have a pretty good understanding of that. It's not that hard to put a poison pill amendment on a bill. And then, and then get the Office to break in. That's as personal as I'll get on that.
0: Well done, Mr. Carmichael. Well done. After the break, I'm going to play you about the first 30 minutes of last night's town hall, or at least 30 minutes of the question and answer period, The thing turned out to be two hours long, so it's far too big to play on any one particular episode. So what I'm going to do is I'll play you the first 30 minutes today, and then I'll publish the thing in its entirety probably tomorrow. But first, an absolutely obscene profit timeout. This episode of Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If it ever stops raining, you can start building the things that you've been thinking about all winter long for your property. Now before you do any of that, you should just call Nick and Jesse, my friends at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. Tell them what you've got in mind and they'll handle all the details. It doesn't really matter what structure you've been thinking about. Nick and Jesse can build it for you. Be it a garage or a barn or a big roping arena so you can practice all of your rodeo stuff when it's still raining like cats and dogs outside. Or maybe even a giant warehouse for your business. Nick and Jesse are the guys to talk to. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532. Or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. One of the nation's leading firearm auction houses is located right here in the great state of Wyoming. Gunrunner Auctions has been in business for over 25 years. They've sold the personal collections of Elvis Presley, Steve McQueen, Alex McCord, Herb Parsons, and that's just a few. They specialize in estate firearms— Scott Weber, the owner, first travels to the estate and appraises the firearms for the heirs, and then he takes them to his Cody Auction Facility, where he and his team research them, sometimes getting factory letters from the Cody Museum about each firearm's history. So if you're looking for rare Colts or Winchesters or other military weapons, Gunrunner Auctions is the first place that you should stop. All of their auctions start at 20 bucks, and there's no reserve. Or, if you have a gun collection or just a couple firearms that you want to sell, you should call Scott at Gunrunner Auctions. And they only charge 15% for selling your precious firearms. Go to their website, GunrunnerAuctions.com or TheGunrunner.com. New episodes of the program are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And don't forget about the live episode, which begins every Thursday at 10 a.m. I cover mostly national issues on the live program, you know, the kind that we don't really get to at other points during the week. You can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. And now, back to the program. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, David Iverson, documented to be almost always right 98.87% of the time. And if you need any evidence of that, it happened again on today's program. I'm telling you, my friends, it's getting way too easy to predict what these goofy politicians are going to say next. Job security for me. Cowboy State Politics is the Cowboy State's most listened to podcast. And that's all thanks to you thank you for listening to the program each and every day anyhow where we left off before the break is i was going to play for you the first 30 minutes of the question and answer period of last night's town hall that was put on by representative poisonberry and wrong way bill novotny and like i said i'll publish the whole thing in its entirety sometime tomorrow but here's the first 30 minutes of the question and answer period
5: i'm really trying to get to the we're talking about expenditures versus revenue, regardless of where the revenue comes in. That's not my question. My 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 question is really what accounts for the expenditures, sure. and 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 which I'm just going to call government in sure. general, and the size of government in general, and how that compares, how Wyoming compares to those other states.
2: Okay, so there is a um, how we how we expend. And the how Wyoming compares and you could go look at those individual states. So that's Kentucky, North Dakota, Utah. I think that was the three. in um, North Dakota, because North Dakota is an energy driven state. Is where you could go look that up. So I'm sorry I don't have that handy. Another person you guys could have back is Mike Madden, who studied it very closely. Does he want to talk? I d I don't is he here? Yes, he's right. Oh! Sherman, maybe you can speak better to it. <laughs> right Okay, he doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right,
5: just, just but you can see it in our book of how the their revenues and expenditures are. So,
6: which way should I talk? However you would like. We can. Make it, we can. Hear you. Please introduce yourself just to folks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. I think I might be able to answer a few of these questions because I was on the Wyoming Taxpayer Association um, website for the last couple of days. So my name is Chris Williams, uh, resident here in Buffalo. I've been here about two and a half years. Um, some of you guys may have uh, been handed uh, this document. that I'd like to just take a minute, and I'll, I'll try to honor as best I can the five-minute limit, and you guys are happy to kick me out if I go too long. Um, so. The second page is called Johnson County FY24 Property Taxes, of so the two handouts that you got. So before, before I answer a couple of the questions that I think Jeff had, and hope Jeff, you let me know if these don't answer your questions. Um, Commissioner Devotny, I'd like to focus on the, the high-level proposal that a few of us would like to make um, that maybe you guys consider taking into account for the FY24 budget around property tax mills that are assessed in Johnson County by the Special Districts. I was glad to see the slide from Ashley that talked about the power of a penny. The uh, This proposal is actually nine-tenths of a penny, so even less. Under this proposal, Johnson County taxpayers will still pay $50 million in taxes in FY24. And those numbers come from Johnson County audits, um, Johnson County financial statements, and the Wyoming State Department of Revenue. And, and there's a slide in here that shows that, shows that breakout of $50 million. And Commissioner, I'm not trying to turn my back on you, so please forgive me. Under this proposal, Johnson County taxpayers would still pay $1.2 million more in overall property taxes in FY24. So, if you look at page two, the the concept of this proposal is everybody needs to sacrifice. There's two parties in this transaction. There's the taxpayer and the government. And this proposal says that both sides have to ante up. Nobody's saying that anybody's going to be getting money back, unfortunately. Johnson County, that would receive $1 million less than FY24, and that's Fair Library Museum. So I'm, I'm looking at this just as Johnson County, the county, and then the three entities that are underneath that, or a part of that. The median Johnson County homeowner would still pay $100, $105 more in their residential property taxes rather than $416 more. To understand the proposal, like I said, you got to understand the current situation of the taxpayer and the current situation of the government, and I'm going to get to that in just a minute. I'm going to try and answer just questions here. So, if you go to page four, according to the Wyoming Taxpayer Association and the United States Census Bureau wyoming state and local government revenues in fy 21 so the 2022 report were 3.1 billion dollars so i'm on page four right now and all of the taxes that went to that 3.1 billion dollars are in the really small fund in the right hand corner so property sales cigarette alcohol going down the list you divide that number by the number of people in Wyoming, that's $5,563 per person in revenue. I do take exception with this notion that we get things free here because of our quote-unquote friends in the mineral industry. If anybody thinks that you're not paying that tax through the price that they recovered through their goods, I don't know what to say. So they're understating the number that you pay maybe in direct taxes, but when you take into account indirect taxes through the prices you pay, it's $22,252 for a family of four. Wyoming, according to the Wyoming Taxpayer Association website, is the 18th highest tax revenue per person in the country. We keep company with New York, California, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Massachusetts. If you divide $22,252 by $58,000, which is the median income in Johnson County, which is 17% below the Wyoming median, you get a 38% tax burden. The Wyoming tax burden by the state is almost 33%. So we're higher tax burden in Johnson County than Wyoming tax burden is a percentage of taxpayer income spent on taxes. The only state, so if Johnson County were a state, we'd be the fifth highest taxed state in terms of tax burden in the country, behind New York, North Dakota, Connecticut, and Maine. These are Wyoming Taxpayer Association numbers, not my numbers. And I've given you the page numbers and the reports that you can look at. Conclusion, does Johnson County want to keep company with the following states? So, on the high tax side, we're keeping company with California, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, etc. So, I moved here from the East Coast a couple of years ago to get away from this nonsense. I don't want Illinois, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. I moved to Wyoming because Wyoming's unique. Low income, so the $58,000 in median income. In this, in this county, we would be either 9th or 10th, Mississippi, West Virginia, Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama, Kentucky. So we're the county of high taxes and low income. Again, these are Wyoming Taxpayer Association numbers and U.S. Census numbers. All right, I'm gonna skip ahead in the interest of time. take you to page 12, which is a summary of the current situation between the county and the taxpayers. And some of the details on page 12 are led into in a couple of the previous pages. So in Johnson County, life could not be better. Tax revenue, $50 million, property, sales, mineral severance, cigarette, and gas taxes, plus everything else that was on the list earlier. Operating reserves, there's nearly $50 million in cash, receivables, and investments sitting in the county checking accounts and investment accounts. The county can stop taking in every penny tomorrow and still operate for four years on what they have in reserves. Yep, so to understand the proposal, you have to understand the current situation, and I'm gonna to get to it on the next slide. Okay, if you wanna understand the proposal, you have to understand the current situation. Because the proposal is, let's give less money than we were planning on just to give people relief. Okay? Yes, sir.
0: Sorry, I just have a quick question. Yes, sir. Um on the tax revenue and the operating reserves, the 50.7 and the 49.4, does that include all the
6: special districts or is? It's a great question. Yep, so the 50.7 is um, all of the property taxes that come either, that come from the county, either back to the school district or back to the county or back to the special district. So I think if you go to page, nine it'll answer your question 33 percent of that 50 million actually goes to the state 67 percent actually comes back to the either the county the fair board the special districts or the school district so page nine upper right hand corner would answer your question and then the reserves um I'm pretty sure it was just the county did not include Fair Library Museum. So that $49 million is um, lower if you include Fair Library Museum. Okay? Thank you. All right, and then on the taxpayer side, so life's good for the county, at least in my mind. Taxpayer side, 38% tax burden, only four states are higher. We have the sixth highest residential property tax burden in Wyoming. We have the eighth highest overall property tax burden in Wyoming. We have about 40% of the residents in this county that are either unemployed or on fixed income. I would imagine that most of us, if we lost our job tomorrow, could probably last three to six months in savings before we had to get a job versus the four years for the county. All right, so, way forward, page 13. A way forward where everybody sacrifices. 33% mill reduction. So, like um, Ashley mentioned, a lot of the mills that get charged in the state are mandatory for for the schools. 43 43 mills out of the 70 or so mills are mandatory, not 25. So that leaves about 27 bills that are discretionary. And I'm, I'm suggesting decrease it from 27 to 18. So the school board on page 13, no change in what we're talking about for them. They're still gonna get their money. Discretionary bills for recreation and the Board of Education remain unchanged. Johnson County would, and, and this is just a, a line in the sand, right? These are just, this is just an idea. This is an idea, not the idea. Johnson County would reduce the mills from 12 to seven and a half. Special districts would take the other four and a half and spread it across proportionally the other special districts, or all the special districts. In the middle there, total property tax revenues would still go up. So you guys would still have to pay a million dollars more instead of five million dollars more. No change to the school districts. Johnson County would go down a million. Buffalo and Casey, I didn't make any assumption there. Special districts would go down a million, and the median homeowner would still have to pay more. It would mean a million dollar impact on the combined budgets of Johnson County, the Fair, the Library, and the Museum. In light of the pressure being put on household budgets, is it budgets, an unreasonable to ask Johnson County to reduce its budget? Just something to consider. And then the last page, and I'll get out of the way, and I appreciate um, everybody's patience. Would you like to handle he borrow your hand up? There you go. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. So how might that million dollars be broken now? And again, this is just an idea. I'm not I'm not the budget expert on the Johnson County budget. These are just some things that I've been able to glean from looking at the budgets and the audits over the last couple of weeks. So from a pension perspective, can we reduce the excess pension that's going to the county and the um fair library and museum uh employees versus what's going to the law enforcement employees right now we're um, compensating or undercompensating law enforcement relative to the other employees in the county from a fair board perspective can we increase the event fees and the parking admission etc and right now we're only getting 220 dollars per event at the fairground. They generate $55,000 a year. If you take out the rodeo, the fair, the sponsorships, etc., cetera, and taxes, well, we're getting $55,000 a year of income from the 250 events that take place at the fair. Can we start generating more income from the fairgrounds and forego some portion of that $418,000 in tax that we get to them every year? Jeff, i think this also answers your next question or one of your questions did you know according to the wyoming taxpayer association wyoming has the third highest state and local government expenditures per person in the country eight no this is per person so seventy two thousand dollars in expense this is their number I, you can talk to hey, ashley mr williams great sir Maybe
0: we
4: could get to somebody else, uh, just because yep.
5: we've been going for about 15 yeah. minutes, and I, I don't want to stop you, but. Um,
6: no, it's fine. Just, you can, yeah. you can fire, okay, I'll keep, everybody raise your hand again, because I'm going to write them down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Exactly. perfect. No, I'm actually done in just a minute. Um, so, yeah, so the bad news are here on page 14. Um, I'm done, I, I apologize, thank you everybody. Thank you bill for considering this um as you know we'll probably come back to the budget meeting in july and at least ask you guys to consider incorporating some version of this into the fy24 budget so
1: That was a lot of information. I'm going to touch on just a couple of things, uh, just to clarify a couple things. But I also want to just share a little bit of perspective here. Uh, Because those of us who are sitting up here, those of us that are, whether we're county employees or elected officials, we're also Johnson County taxpayers, too. And let me tell you a little bit about my situation. In 19, uh, excuse me, 2013, I was fortunate enough. Man, please don't snicker. That's not nice. 2013, I was very fortunate to purchase my home paid $92,000 for it. Uh, that is the American dream right there. I'm feeling the property, t- uh, the property tax pinch as much as you are. My taxes went up 30% last year and they're scheduled to go up 30%, 36% this year. So we are feeling it too. Uh, but with that, we also realize that there are critical services that we have to provide. And what I am going to contribute in my property taxes, as you saw from the previous slide, doesn't compare to the level of services that I'm going to take. Um, In regards to the special districts, the commissioners really only have uh, line item or veto authority on two of the special district budgets. Uh, I would also remind you that all of the special districts that we have in this county, which does push our overall tax rate a little bit higher than our surrounding counties, have all been voted on and approved by the citizens of this county. The one exception would be the one mill that the property tax, that is levied for the uh, recreation district that the school board is allowed to approve independently. That money from that rec mill is paying for these microphones that we're talking in, and we're in an auditorium that was paid for with a special assessment on people's property taxes before the state came in uh, and and took over in the funding model. Uh, In regards to law enforcement, I do want to just set this uh, uh, record straight on pensions. County employees and law enforcement employees all participate in the state retirement system. Uh, law enforcement is on one pension system that is separate and different from all other county employees. So we are not underfunding one or, or playing uh, winners and losers there. If you look at the operating budget of the county, uh, law enforcement uh, is close to 20%. And I anytime that the sheriff has asked for something, we've done our best to make sure that he has it. Uh, the major other component of that budget uh, in the operating side is, is road and bridge, and we all know that we need to be able to get where we need to go. Um, we certainly, Jeff and Mr. Williams, I'm sorry, Jeff Carmichael asked the first question, Mr. Williams asked the second. We will do everything we can to keep property taxes as low as possible. But I also have county employees that for five years were frozen uh, in their current salaries. We eliminated positions. When I first came into office, the valuation of this county was 950000000 million. They've added two buildings uh, and, and countless other property acquisitions. And now I'm trying to, how, how to pay for all of those things with half of the tax uh, revenue. Uh, I do wanna also clarify a little bit of uh, discussion on the reserves because I took your last handout from your presentation and took it down to the Treasurer's Office and had her try to decipher it. And in reality, uh, Johnson County only has $31.7 million in reserves. 6.641 of those are in what were considered perpetual funds. Those are specifically reserved accounts. The largest of those is the Lake DeSmit reserve account. Uh, most of that money in that account is originally from a game and fish lease for recreation, and then it has been added to with mineral industry revenue and interest that the corpus of that account has generated. Uh, all the others are about $25 million, uh, it gets down to little things. We have a reserve account for Harold Gerard Park in KC. Every dollar that they bring in in membership goes into that reserve account. So I can't just rob from certain things. Uh, within that balance is also the gasoline tax, which has specific statutory things that we are allowed to do with it. So I would just caution uh, making broad assumptions about what they are. Stop by the treasurer's counter and visit with her about what is in the reserves. Uh thank you. Um so
5: 32.49
6: million, million. the 49 million actually comes from the Johnson County FY22 audited financial statements. So and Carla thinks that the way you arrived at that from there
1: is you included the operating budget into the reserves. I'm not gonna argue with you right now. We're gonna let this next lady ask her question because she has two bites of the apple. I'm
6: sorry. I'm um, so sorry.
1: That
3: Okay, My, I, it's a pretty simple question. I just became informed that there is uh, thoughts or maybe legislation to amend our cons- Wyoming Constitution or to create another tier in the tax brackets, so that they're not tax brackets, but the tax they left. Yes, so that they separate the businesses from the property so that the residential property is, has its own tier. And I know as we own a business property and we have our residents, our residential uh, increase was huge this last year. Our, prop, our business property was minimal, it was one-fifth as much as our residential. And that does seem unfair to be locked into the same tier as Walmart. So property, <coughs> residential property, I just um, wanted to state this. I didn't know about it. I just happened to have a customer inform me by chance yesterday, it was just a fluke. and. Uh, It just seems, I I just wanted to bring this up and just want you to know, County Commissioner and Senator, is it? Representative. Representative, um, that I would be watching for that, definitely, and I'll be talking about it to people because it just does not seem fair. It isn't fair in our taxes, and um, I can't see it being fair for, somebody who is on a fixed income and you know yeah it just it doesn't make sense so that's that's all i have in, so
0: well thank you for the question comment uh the the legislature did pass a co- proposed constitutional amendment to separate out residential right now there are three classes of property the constitutional amendment would create a separate class of property for residential only and the idea is exactly what you're talking about, is so that the legislature could lower the rates for residential and manage that essentially different than all the other types of types of property.
4: Commissioner Novotny, Representative Craigo, my name is Robert Garrison, and I'm a resident, and I appreciate all the... Uh, neighbors being here, and you guys as neighbors, have a couple of comments and then two questions if I squeeze it in like that. The first comment is as we look at uh, property tax as an issue and budget. We're trying to eat the elephant all at one time. You could slash budget to nothing and the taxes would still be coming in. So we've got to fix one problem before, we and the other problem we can fix every day, every year by staying within budget and those type of things. We've got to fix the property tax. My biggest concern is for seniors, but also for um, single parents, you know, people on a fixed income, those things that, those people who cannot pay their taxes are in jeopardy of losing it. And yes, there are people that are willing to step up and help them, but the big problem is what's happening with our property taxes. And a lot of us blame it on, gee, my neighbor's house sold for five times what it was bought for two years ago. that's only part of the problem if you understand what's really happening the fair market value that's used and you look in uh, the constitution it just says that it'll be fair statutes say there'll be a fair market and the legislature actually delegated that calculation to the department of revenue it's not controlled by the legislature it can be but what is happening and what we don't realize is that you take a, a friend's house and i've talked to Lots of people in the city and the county. They live in a 100-year-old house. It's got single-pane glass, and it freezes up over the winter. Every year, though, the assessment for fair market value is based on what would it cost to build that square footage with comparable-type things today in terms of dormers and this new E35 glass. And it's gone outrageous. That's where our biggest change comes from. You think back three, four years ago she sheet applied was 20 bucks. For a time it was 100. That's what's driven it. The actual increase from the sales is a trend analysis to say what should be done to that recalculated price. The fair market value of my home isn't a million dollars if I only built it for 100,000 20 years ago. That's the per- first problem. The second is that how are these prices calculated? In this one, I wish uh, our assessor was part of this him because I intend to. That is that this fair market book, and I can't remember the name of the publisher that goes into the canvas system, the, uh, the mass assessment. Marshall Smith. Smith, thank you. There is not a copy that's generated for Johnson County. There are copies for Sheridan County Natrona County and Campbell County, and the assessor isn't allowed to choose the one he uses. But they haven't done an analysis of which one should be used. So there's a potential that, let's face it, Sheridan probably pays higher cost of goods, i.e., supply and demand, than Natrona or Gillette. If they used a different book, it might provide some measure of change to Johnson County in particular. The first question that I had goes back to what can we do to protect the people who are really suffering because they cannot keep up with 30% increases three years in a row when you've got limited increases in social security, maybe no pensions. So to Commissioner Domotny, uh, what has the Commission commissioners, uh, board of commissioners, done to consider the optional uh, tax property tax rebate program That has been available for about two two sessions, I believe. That's question number one, sir. If you want to respond to that, then I can ask the other
0: question. That'll do it for today's installment of the program. Now, again, I'll publish the entire thing tomorrow. So if you want to sit down and listen to the whole thing, all two hours of it, you'll be able to do that. I'll try to get it published. I should have it available by early afternoon. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow during the live program at 10 a.m. From the base of the Bighorns, in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.